get to relive one memory. <laughs> That's fun. These tools are for you to use. These tools are for you to use. Welcome to This Is Your Afterlife, conversations with artists and activists about death and life. My name's Dave Marr, and if you heard that in the background, that was my cat trying to get out of the bedroom where I'm recording this intro. And I'm leaving it in. I'm a comedian. I was in a coma, what, seven, eight years ago? Seven and a half years ago now? And I've still got questions. And this week, I'm asking those questions of Marty DeRosa and Sarah Shockey. Marty and Sarah have a podcast called Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling. I love Marty and Sarah. Chances are, if you're listening to this, you probably already do too, but I go back individually with each of them before they became a couple and got engaged. Sarah was on an improv team of mine at I.O. back in the day. Marty, I know from stand-up. The cat is full on. Like, what is he doing? What are you doing? He's, I don't know. He's got a, he's got a problem with me describing how I know people. Relax, dude. But I love Sarah and Marty very much. And I thought it would be fun to do the rare double interview on the show. Uh, Do it with a couple. Did did this with the band Low. That was interesting. That was also, this was also very interesting. I think I talk, this motherfucker is, is, is meowing right now and and this is what's probably happening is you can't hear any of this okay now he's rubbing up against me and you can't hear any of this and i'm i just sound insane which is fine normally i've been doing long intros about sort of heavy stuff on my mind and i guess this week it's a short intro where i sound like i'm talking to an invisible cat so that's what it is okay what was i this motherfucker is sitting on the computer right now dog relax okay we're here we are is this entertaining i'm gonna leave this in because i because i think it's entertaining if not then uh rate me one star on apple podcasts that's what I want. I want either one-star ratings or five-star ratings. Someone is eventually going to take me up on a one-star, and I'll have to eat my words. But I- I'm fine with that. I maintain that the most interesting star ratings are one-star and five-star. Of course, I appreciate five-star ratings. If you review the show, that's even more. I mean, I'm not making money off the show right now. I would love to. But in the meantime, seeing kind words, it, it really keeps gas in the old tank. If you want to keep insulin in the old insulin pump, you can go to patreon.com slash Dave Marr and toss me $5 a month or $15 a month. Those are the two levels. At $5 a month, you'll get the full raw audio of these interviews. Uh, this Marty and Sarah one was uh, was lengthy. What I was about to say before this dude interrupted me is they, you know, I probably talked the least on this episode than any other episode. And that's a that's a compliment to their dynamic. This is basically an episode of Marty and Sarah love talking about death. 
just just different prompts instead of wrestling stuff. So yeah, it, for five bucks at the Patreon, you can hear the full um, raw audio. You can also hear the after show that I do with comedians Meg Strickland and Claire Favret. And for $15, you can become a Pigeon Level patron and get a shout out on the podcast like this. Thank you, Katie Llewellyn, Kurt Chang, Susie Carroll, Fred Fidawa, Shuba Singh, John Lee, and Debo for supporting the show. I'm an independent operation. Word of mouth is my best promotion, and I really appreciate you doing it. So um, Marty and Sarah are both very funny comedians, creative people, podcasters, and there's plenty of explanation of who they are and what they do in the episode. So that's what I've got for now. Thanks so much for listening, man. I appreciate it. And here's Marty and Sarah. I grab your whip and take it back to Chi-Town. When I'm in Chi-Town, I treat it like... My light opener is... Oh, real quick, before I cut you what, off one more dude? time. If you... And this is one of my favorite things to do with Sarah. If you ever want her to sing a jingle about the next segment, yeah. you can just go, Hey, Sarah, can I get like a song about death? Whoa. Yeah, and she'll yeah. just Okay, do well, it. now we're doing that for every segment, yeah. okay? Okay. Some segments require a little bit of explanation, mm-hmm. but I'll give you the name of the segment, and you can do that, and then we'll go into the segment, okay? Okay. Mm-hmm. So, first segment is called Paint Your Hell. Wow. For me, it's a taxi cab with a stupid smell. It's time for us to all paint our hell. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And the trouble so is, is I that, laugh at my own stuff. That's okay. Is that the real hell for you? Um, it's one, it's one situation that I found myself deeply, um, uncomfortable in, but I feel that now, like, I think the real hell for me would be just like isolation with no motivation and, and no people to sort of help pull me up from whatever I'm on the floor with. In a specific physical location? Well, probably like I would really hate being inside the smell of an emergency break. What's Ooh. the smell of an emergency? Burnt rubber. Like burnt rubber. rubber okay. Yeah. Like, like when somebody's a, driving with it on, that I think it. is my least favorite Which smell. Which is still not a physical location. No, but clear. like if you <laughs> were there, it, it would yeah. be very confusing and upsetting. And if there are no people and you can't reach out, like that's kind of a hell, I think. Yeah. Total isolation and a bad smell. Ugh. And I can't feel my clitoris. <laughs> <laughs> Like it's there and you're touching it, but you don't feel it, or you just are like, where'd it go? I think it's a situation where I've become kind of a stinky consciousness and I don't know where I am. That seems a little hellish. Okay. Yeah. yeah and I don't what know, I can't find any you, other souls. Marty. To me, uh, hell would be um, being around people I just do not like yeah. and disagree with on everything. Is there and- a specific type of person that. Don't say a race. <laughs> As Blow, your manager. What? Uh, yeah. no i i would say like just being around just really really uh like shitty narcissistic a-holes entertainment people if they are if they're in that category i found a couple to fit in that category okay yeah or there are people who want to make the stand-up comedy show about them and their special party night out like sometimes mm. those ladies are just like oh yeah like an the like most a shitty audience. but just people who like there's just no getting to them and there's no like we're gonna like it's just like oh i don't even want to help you and i usually like to help people and it's just like you're just like rotten to the core and you don't seem to care about it like my hell would be like 
being surrounded by those people like and in a concert you for advice or no they're, they're just like i just can't like you never had to be at a coffee shop and you're just like i can't help but be into this conversation and i'm annoyed by you mm-hmm. and you're the one of the like just your vibe is just like huh my nightmare would be to be at like a giant concert with all of those kind of people and just know like this concert never ends and it's bad music probably yeah, and it's music? terrible um it's like um Oh, uh, I'm trying to think what my nightmare would be. Like that Calliope circus music? <laughs> no. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe that. Or yeah. like, yeah, or just or just a band that I'm like, oh, why is this? I think that would be an incredible concert. Calliope Cir- Like, can you imagine like- With a bunch of narcissists who, who hate themselves. <laughs> no, not yeah. that part, but like, what would the- band be on stage like i feel like that would be what an it would acid look like. trip yeah yeah that would way. be i would want or it like looks like a regular band like it looks like metallica but it sounds like <laughs> yeah that. yeah <laughs> and the harder they rock the slower something like that would be my my one of my hells also another one of my hells would just be um, me sitting in a chair and then people would just come up to me and then slice their hand with a knife and then the next person would come and slice their hand with a knife like that it would be like a like an art slice installation yeah slice their own hand yeah, you can't with watch a knife. people's hands get sliced with a knife which well, happened in christmas of 2020 yeah, to my nephew yeah that's my real help oh my, my beloved nephew he got a new Jules, pocket knife like that he friend. shouldn't have gotten for for oh, christmas no. and he, he wanted went, to show marty specifically how, and he goes here's how you close it and he <laughs> Okay, so what do you hope happens when you die? Okay. <laughs> um, I have a great rhyme, and I really want to sandwich in a joke that you made earlier. Which is it? Because um, I was going to do a song when it goes like, alive or dead, uh, skinny or fatter, it doesn't matter because past, past lives matter. matter. But you gave past away lives with matter. matters. You already shot, I, you yeah. shot your shot. So what I was going to say was, <laughs> When Santa's on the roof, it thunders and clatters. But my T-shirt says "Past Lives." Sarah, matter. Sarah went to a past life thing, and I was just joking around, going, "You know what you should do if you want to make some money? Stand yeah. up the front, go to pro wrestling tees and get some past lives matter Honestly, shirts. That's a good shirt. Well, we shirt. during the climate even, at the time it was a little too on the nose. Yeah, you're at a Floyd, yeah. and I don't know like, that yeah. it still is a yeah. good time. But um, so for me, I'll go first on this question. Okay. I, when we were, this time last year, Marty's best friend was in the hospital and we were really with him through the end. He had cirrhosis. He was an alcoholic. He had pneumonia. He had kidneys failing. Like everything that could go wrong was going wrong. Heart attack. Heart attack. But he was very lucid before then. So we Mm. were having a lot of like conversations and it would like, you know, be that kind of thing where it's like, this is the time to get deep if you're going to get deep. Right. And then... After he had had his heart attack and things were looking a little grim, you had asked me to sort of talk to him about like whatever you decide to do or if you're in there and you can hear me, like whatever Mm -hmm. happens is okay. Like that's he just wanted that message passed along, didn't Mm -hmm. feel up to delivering it himself. I'm like in terms of like you can like one of the things when my mom passed away when I was like 20, um, I had said that to her while she was kind of out of commission. I said, you know, because she she I had told her like, oh, if you feel like you need to die it's okay right. don't worry about it and she oh no i'm fine i'm fine don't and i was like oh god i'm sorry i said that she was like i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine don't <laughs> yeah. worry and i was like okay and then a couple of days later she's like remember that thing we talked about 
And I said, yeah. And she goes, I think I'm ready. And I said, absolutely. Don't worry about it. And she was so sweet. She's like, well, who's going to take care of you? And I was like, don't even worry about it. It's all taken care of. I got a nine-year-old in the wings. I got an 11-year-old I got this 11-year-old gal in (laughs) Michigan waiting for me. No. And... uh, but I said, don't even worry about it. So, and I, I just didn't have, have it in me to say that to, to Rudy. So Sarah took care of that for me. So yeah. what I did was I was having a lot of thoughts about afterlives and what's next. Cause I'm writing these young adult fiction books that are meant to be very mm. like fantasy, very heartening, kind of like, I would love to have a planet that's different than this one. That's kind of like better karmically. I don't know. Like yeah. I'm, I'm going to play in there during this like weird COVID time. So I was just kind of like, hey, I'm going to tell you this in the terms that I want for my planet and maybe it'll make Mm. sense to you. But I was like, Marty just told me this to tell you this. We had like, and he's like passed out, you know, but I started talking about how kind of when you're on earth, that's the physical realm. There's lessons to be learned that have to come with being in a physical body. Then you get a shift in like the more consciousness realm and you get to just kind of like, hang out, you recognize these other souls, nobody's really feeling anything that bad, but you can see everything with a lot of clarity. Then you make your next plan and you pick your next physical world and you do it again. And like, as a kid, I didn't like the idea of heaven because I didn't want to be up there without like a pack of paper and some markers. Like I just want to be making stuff all the time. Mm -hmm. It makes me so happy. And so I was kind of explaining that to him and I'm like, then I get to that sort of like, I'm petering out. Like, I don't know if it's getting through. He got tears coming out under his coma eyes. And I was like, well, maybe that, maybe he agreed. Maybe that went somewhere. And it felt like amidst all that trauma, it felt good to like talk about what I wanted and then to have someone have it register, even if it wasn't the way I expected. So I guess that's my answer. So you were framing it as like, this is what I want. And what if I hope for you. you want to go on your journey, that's cool. Uh, yeah, exactly. And like, here's how I kind of see it. And maybe you'll run into something like that. Maybe you won't. But if that's your decision you want to make. And I also said, if you buck up and you get that second wind and we do skills rehab for strokes, we do alcohol rehab, right. you're going to come live with us. Like, we're going right. to we're gonna be your family now because we've seen that that's not something that you have currently in your life that's really healthy. And it was like, we got a lot closer. I mean, we got engaged in the ICU when Rudy was still alive because it was like this, this thing we understood that we like became a little unit. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So I was like, and I know it made a difference, you know, like he passed away, but I know it made a difference. Mm-hmm. So is this, are you, are you familiar with the many lives, many masters? Brian Allweiss, baby. I went to his seminar. That's okay, the seminar so that I went to. Seminar. That was a seminar I pitched I went to that seminar in this comes 2018. Up, this is probably the fourth time this has come up on the show. Yeah. 2018 you went. I went to Rosemont and then during the break I sweatily ran to the Lululemon outlet and bought myself some leggings and then I came back and did some more past life stuff and then I came home. At the outlet mall. You were so nice to me about because I kept saying like I know this is kind of weird but I just feel like I need to do this for some reason. Yeah. Because I have a lot of like very vivid dreams and sometimes I'm like oh I wonder if that was like like I wonder if it is bigger that I would love for it to be bigger than just this trip around the earth. The earth feels like a one room schoolhouse where a lot of people don't have it figured out. It'd be nice if there were other planets where people were like genuinely kind to each other and they'd all you know treat each other really nice and not kill each other in schools. Yeah. Yeah. Did you so do you what percent are you on board with that theory? I just feel like everything flexes and changes all the time that I can't even say what's real and what's not real. Okay. But I know that it brings You're a lot of people like 
Uh, yeah, and I know it brings a lot of people comfort. And what I really like is those weird, inexplicable ones where, like, I know kids who will tell me, like, oh, I had a family in Florida, and they died in a hurricane, and then I died, and then I was put in my mom's belly, and now I'm four years old with a different set of parents. And I'm like, if that's real or not, that's, like, a brilliant plane of thought that I'm interested in, mostly yeah. for, like, my books, but also, like, I just like to think about that stuff because we don't know. Nobody knows, yeah, really. totally. What about you, Marty? Oh, man. Uh, so, let's see. Being, uh, being, you know, in a relationship with Sarah, you, you like can't be like, nah, I don't believe any of that stuff. Cause she's like, <laughs> she's always, you know, got an opinion on something going on and it's always very interesting. I used to not really think about it, but the way I used to think about it is, or it's similar is how I know I've kind of like, uh, a lot of times I'll, I'll use sort of like little benchmarks to see if, how I'm doing. And I'm like, I know I'm doing better with blank yeah, because yeah, of this. Yeah, yeah. Mental and I, health. yeah, mental health. Well, for everything I do it, you know, okay. whether it's comedy or or anything, I'll go. Oh, you know, I have this these benchmarks, and one of my benchmarks with mental illness and and my depression and my uh, sort of position with that is, um, I used to look at like suicide as like, well, it's it's nice to know it's always there for me as an <laughs> option, <laughs> but we um, we witness somebody um, die from suicide. And uh, that was like, whoa, that was like, I mean. When you say witness. I mean, like, it happened in our building. Someone so jumped off our, our off roof. Off the roof That's of, onto our, the parking structure, under our yeah. window. And and I mean, it's not like we saw, I mean, I don't even get into it. it. I won't, but out of respect of the, I don't even yeah, get into yeah, it. Yeah. But yeah. basically, it was just, I felt, and this is something I learned from it, and um, I felt like, oh, I now, you know, not like I was supposed to see that, like that happened for me, right. but I was very much like, what can I take away from this? It made it very real. It made you see the the after effects and just the vibe and everything. And it was like, wow. Okay. So I used to think, long story short, I used to think like, well, it's nice to know that the suicide is an option. It's always there. And right. I took comfort in that for some way. Yeah. And, and now- It made me feel very good if I knew you were thinking yeah, that. Yeah. And now I think like- Hey, maybe there's something else out there when we go. That's kind of interesting. Like I've sort of replaced because I, I, I have no, um, no part of me even really thinks about suicide anymore, uh, because it was like such a, um, you know, it was. I hate to say personal, but like it was an experience, and it was kind of like, man, I wish that, um, everybody who is suicidal. Like, obviously this wouldn't cure everybody or I mean, what do you like? But like to witness that it was like, Oh wow, that's real. So like, I know there's like a documentary about the, the golden gate bridge in San Francisco about when people jump, they're like, I don't want to die. And it's like, I don't know, man, if you're, if you're maybe watch stuff like that, if you're suicidal and like, you just, you get the gravity of the situation. You investigate it more. And like, nobody wanted to investigate it. Like, I just remember being on a zoom call and like, there's flashing lights and like, my coworker and my friends, like, what's going on? And it's just this thing where it's like, right. I don't know where to begin. What was so wild was we had where our high rise was. We were in like a triangle, sort of, of of three high rises, or kind of okay. like a shoehorn of three high rises. Yeah. So everybody kind of looked at each other's window, and um, we heard this gigantic noise, and it's like a noise like you just thought, certain noises, you know, how you'll just never forget the sure. sound of. We thought something happened on Lakeshore, like a bunch of metal fell off a truck or That's a construction. How loud it was. I, I thought yeah. a construction site. I thought like. 
sometimes in the city here we'll have like scaffolding for a construction site. I thought it like all came crashing down. It It was was so loud. loud. It was insanely loud. And um and I'm looking out my window. Well, what's crazier? Yeah, as I'm looking out my window and I'm looking at all our other neighbors from these other buildings, and they're just like drinking their coffee, looking down. And I'm like, what are they looking at? We couldn't. We couldn't see because from our vantage point, we didn't have a balcony or anything. A river of blood. Later, you could see blood going, and it was just you know, it was just there was so many weird things. And I'm like, then later, I'm like. What's going on in your world, neighbor, across the way that you're just drinking your coffee, looking down at like God knows what? Yeah, and that just made everything like it was. It it was one of those things where it was like, you know, I I hate that that had to happen for whomever it happened to. Yeah, but if I took anything away from it, or if I, you know, if there is a next life and I see them somehow, and I'm like, hey, I have to thank you because you. Changed my life yeah. in Yo, a, I'm a big in a remarkable <laughs> way. Keep it I hope up. You're doing good now. Hope hope whatever, hope whatever you're you hoping were working for. Out, got yeah. Out. yeah, yeah. But yeah. when you imagine something comforting on the other side, yeah, what is that? Uh, kind of one of those like, hey, remember how you were wondering like what's gonna happen? It's like this is even cooler. Like you're really gonna be interested in what we got for you for like you know but if there is something. Wise? I don't know. I think like that it might have if if I and again this is just like there's no, nothing I've read or anything like that. But I would like to think it's something that has to do a little bit with like the stuff I went through here. Like this was all maybe for a reason or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But yeah, I'm an also explanation. like an explanation. Some, maybe maybe. You some lessons yeah. to check off and see how you did. Since I was a kid, I just always thought like that can't just be it. Like you just right. go black. Like. Everything just goes black. I just, I just have always thought there's got to be something else, and I don't know. Well, and even going black is like too. It's giving it more credit than it is. It's an absence of yeah, black. An absence. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. It's like that's yeah. it. I remember being a kid and having this conversation in my head, and I remember I was six years old. Because I was trying to wonder what non-existence would be like. Right. And I thought to myself, and what I came to was, if I am a window at my friend Michelle's house, would I hear what she's saying or would I just be a window? Like, it was this deep consciousness conversation. And I always was like... Well, if I'm a window, it's just things pass through, but I'm still there, but I might not feel it. And that's kind of where I came to on non-existence was being a window at my friend Michelle's house. Hey, it's Dave. I am taking a break from the guest for a moment to tell you about my newsletter, Definitive Answers. It's short for Definitive Answers to Unanswerable Questions. Basically, every week I send an essay in which I am squeezing current events in my own life for insights into creativity, culture, mental health, the kind of stuff I talk to guests about, but it's just me. So if you want essays like that, if you want music recommendations, a mood board of links and worthy places to donate, think of it like an old school alt-weekly, but just from my very overly sensitive comedy man's perspective, if that sounds good to you, you should subscribe. It's called Definitive Answers. You can go to thisisdavemar.substack.com or just click the link in the show notes and I'd love to have you and tell me if you like it. Okay, back to the guest. 
Next one okay. is relive one memory. Memory. You get to relive one memory. <laughs> That's fun. All alone in the moonlight. So here's where it gets hard with two people. Okay. Yeah. Um, e- do we have to pick the same memory? Do we get to pick the same memory? I don't memory? know. That's, that's, where we, that's where we find out. This is a prompt that comes yeah. up in my second one-man show, mm-hmm. set in the afterlife, where I tell everyone, in the afterlife, you get to fully relive one memory. Can't yeah. change anything? Wouldn't want to? Up to you. And, and if this is a memory that I don't completely remember everything about that's fine can i get to relive it sure. and like really get all the sure, details absolutely i okay. want to i want to hear about that i, I will go with the first you have to pick go one. first every time no no no. i'll go first thank you yeah yeah, yeah i was pointing at sarah because i would say it would it, i would like it to be oh my gosh uh, it's gonna be the, so nice the, and i was so fussy the first time we met each other okay really? when you came over to to do wrestling with depression. so wait without getting without getting input from sarah mm-hmm. i want to hear your memory of this oh okay so no i'm blocking your face so you don't you don't um, impede my i was trying uh, to give him a high five yeah i saw that <laughs> no i would i what, what are my memories of it like my memories of it are well, your yeah 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 your so, full like give me the was it like give me the day of the week it year, was a season. uh it was a weekday i can't remember which day it was okay. um and i'm not supposed to talk during this no no she had come after work so it was in the the five. It was probably around six o'clock or okay. so. Uh, Time be- of year, I believe it was in the fall. Okay, maybe maybe uh, the summer. And how did you book her? Like- spring, what? spring. It was the spring. Okay. I we were we were messaging each other uh, on Facebook Messenger from. But what was even so? I when when we when I moved back to Chicago, I wanted to do a uh, a podcast with a, a female co-host. I didn't want to do just two dudes talking about wrestling. I thought that's there weren't any female uh, wrestling podcasters at the time. And now there's like droves of them. It's so kind of I amazing. was like, I'm on a female partner. And I thought about a couple people didn't work out. And um, I was uh, listening to my buddy Dan Friesen's podcast. And at the end, he used to call himself Bogle Jug, the white mystery. And I go, why do you call yourself that? And he goes, oh, just listen to the episode I did a little while back with Sarah Shockey. That'll explain everything. Mm -hmm. And I go, oh, perfect. So I was going to Toledo, Ohio to do a comedy show. And I listened to it. And I just was like, so like such a fan of hers right away. I was like, oh, my God, who is this? And she likes wrestling. I'm like, this is nuts. So I was like, hey, I want to know if you – I was already like, oh, I wanted to do the wrestling podcast with me. But – I wanted to just try it out just to make sure how everything was. So I had her as a guest on wrestling with depression. Right. So she comes have over. the person who second city told to stop yeah. smiling so much to talk about depression. <laughs> to talk about depression. And at first I thought she'd be like, Oh, I don't have depression. Like there's nothing I could talk yeah, about. Yeah. Yeah. But she was like, absolutely. I didn't and even drop my big thing. I was going to tell you, we got sidetracked. Yeah. So, uh, I opened the door. It was kind of like a blind date in some ways. I'm right, just like, right. I know what you look like. Cause I saw, you know, I saw some photos on yeah. Facebook and yeah, all that stuff. I did the, the, yeah. the proper channels. Uh, but then when I saw her in person, I was like, Oh wow, she's really pretty. And then when she came upstairs and we started podcasting, I was just like, what's your deal? Like, how are you this? Like, you just like, it was like a pure, like, white light a pure like essence came into my life and i was like holy shit and i was just like excited to just like share her with everybody who listened to my podcast yeah. or through wrestling stuff was and was like oh cool do a wrestling was it podcast in your bedroom? it was okay yeah i was on a chair 
Okay. She was on a WWE. Later, I got um, promoted to sitting on the bed. She was in a WWE chair you get after a pay-per-view. Randy Orton from like uh, something at the Allstate Arena. And um, it was just so wild to just like, I was just so taken with how positive she was and how she was just like, like a force. Like, you know, how you'll say like, that person has it. Right, and you're right, just right. like, what do you mean? And then you see somebody who has it and you're like, I know exactly right, what you mean right, right. now. You're like, like, maybe I have it. And then you see yeah. someone, you're like, oh, no, no it I was guess, like, you yeah. see somebody go up at an open mic and you're like, well, shit, yeah. they're going to be something yeah, to yeah. reckon with. <laughs> That's how I felt about Sarah. I didn't know you felt that way about me. I thought I was a little like um, nervous. No way. Wow. Were you nervous, Marty? Um, no, or were you like, no, this is my podcast. You were and good. I, it was my everything. home turf and my, my apartment. You seemed very and confident, I was, I was very polite, in very a good kind. place in my life. Yeah. yeah. Did you offer any beverages? I'm sure I did. Like that? I'm sure I did. I was too nervous to have had something anything. from work. Came with her from work. Okay. So it's I didn't just drink that, anything. No, I yeah. wasn't well hydrated then. Oh, okay. <laughs> the thing to relive then. Yeah. Is that realization. And it sounds like energy spreading mm-hmm. out feeling yeah. of whoa yeah. who is this person yeah. and, and, knowing and knowing how it'll go yeah well and knowing back then of like i don't know what the what's the hat what's gonna what's the future with this with her right but like she's in my crew no matter what like she's in my crew and i've had that with other people too where i'm just like i like that per- you're in my crew and that was with her i was like I don't know if we've got any openings right now, but we're gonna make an opening. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or it's like with with um with with like the NFL draft. Like I like I'm not a huge NFL like sports fan, but I, the NFL draft and that movie Draft Day for some reason is very interesting okay, to me. Okay, and I like how so some coaches will be like, you get the player that is the best fit for your team. Right. If we need a quarterback, right. we get a quarterback. There's other coaches who are like, no, 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 you get the best player in the draft and yes. you figure it out. Right, right, right. And that's how I felt with Sarah. I'm like, I don't know what position you're going to play or whatever, but you're the best, like you're, you're in, you're in. Wow. That's how I felt. That's really nice. Aren't to you hear. glad you didn't talk for that? <laughs> Always. I'm getting so good. <laughs> or at I would have had to give her the wrestling podcast. The wait, wait, wait. I have the hand signal. The My off. only issue with that. Yeah. What did I not do or fulfill for you? Well, I'm not an expert, mm-hmm. but you said pay-per-view and I think they're called premium live. <laughs> no, no, I will. I refuse to call it a premium live event, Dave. Not in this house. Not in this apartment. <laughs> not here. Not ever. They so, are pay-per-views. PPVs. Sarah, without the pressure. And, and I, I mean, I did I, did I make like big really shoes nice. to fill on that, that one? That was really no, nice. No, 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 no. Because I'm going to, I'm going to. I'm going to pee real quick, but I am going to listen. This way you don't have to look at me and you won't feel intimidated that you have to, to follow up my answer. I get answer. to follow up yeah. your answer. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, there's so many, too. There's but so many. Without without knowing the dynamics of your relationship, mm-hmm. without the pressure of it having to be about Marty. Yeah, yeah. Unless it genuinely is. No, I think that that's actually a really nice thing because for me, like anytime I would want to relive that, like we taped it. My sister-in-law yeah. recently listened to it. She like found it in maybe an old feed or something. Right. She listened to it on an airplane and she said, this was when Marty and I had been dating for like two years. And she said she cried because she was so happy that even then that was a partner that was like kind to me and saw me for who I was and treated me like day one, that first interview, he was at that level of kindness that I was just like floored by, you know? Right. right. Um, But yeah, I actually was going to go with a a earlier memory that I don't fully have because I remember... I remember things really well and I remember them with very vivid detail. Okay. So like I could tell you stuff about what he was just talking about that like I don't think he remembers. Yeah. But going back further, there was a time where I watched a Muppet Christmas Carol with my gramps 
And my gramps and I had the same birthday. My mom's dad, he's actually on the wall above the Shock Tees Jokes and Note comic book uh, in his war uniform. Okay, okay. And he was like my buddy. Like when you have one of those adults, a grandparent, a teacher, like somebody who is just like you link up. Right. He and I were that. And we had the same birthday. So we would do birthday parties together every year. After a while, he couldn't have sugar anymore. He was diabetic. So I would do a cake and he would do a summer sausage with one candle in it. And it was just like... We just like had it. And I love all the Muppet movies. They've been very present in, you know, millennials lives. Mm -hmm. Muppet Christmas Carol. I watched with him for the first time. And the only memory that I have. His first time? His first time in mine. Because it came out, I think, like around that time. Were Were you in the theater? We were, it was a VHS. I had never gotten a chance to see it in the theater. Someone had a tape of it. And we just put it on at their old house in Norwalk, Ohio, which is like, that I have so many memories of that house being so important to me and yeah. his presence and my grandma's presence there was like, it's just a feeling that I don't have as much anymore. And all I remember about watching it with them was when they pan over those little like models or like however they did the town, he was just commenting on the production of it and how well it was done and how we were really in for such a beautiful treat <laughs> And it was like a blissful, we watched the whole movie together, but I wish I remembered like things that he said, little observations. I would have maybe asked more questions, but I know I just lived it with him. And then he... Was he a fan, a Muppets fan as well? He was just a fan of like funny, like he would just give respect if something was clever. Okay. And the Muppets are very clever in a way that he and I Venn diagrammed on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just like... If I could go back, I would ask him more questions and I would like sit closer to him and like remember more about that because it feels like a memory that just kind of like we had that beautiful opening and then maybe it was like too emotional. Maybe I was just into it. Maybe something else happened. But like uh, to watch a movie with my gramps at age nine, knowing that I could hold on to it forever would be so huge because then I could tell you about it and then we'd have a new memory together. Yeah. (laughs) That wraps up. (laughs) I think you're going to say Friday night. Marty, <laughs> we did a new thing section on Friday night, and it went really well. <laughs> but I remember it yeah, very well. Yeah, yeah. But I'll describe it for Dave in detail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Describe it at our fu- at my funeral. At our funeral, at my did funeral. you hear them? At my oh funeral. my god, I'm gonna be like his sarcophagus wife. That's like, well, Marty was the king, so Don't I'll die aside. No, no, no. Save yeah. it for my funeral. Sarah, will tell everybody, just be there. Everybody, be there. Yeah, everybody will live stream it. Yeah, yes. you don't Jerry. have to be. You don't have to be, even be a Patreon member. She'll just tell you. Patreon's gonna be long defunct by then. No, no, no. It'll, It'll be, be going replaced by Pooptreon. <laughs> oh my god. I want to hear more, a yes. little bit more about the commentary, though. What else do you imagine his commentary being on He's the movie? He's so funny. Like, my gramps would just come up with narratives for things. Uh-huh. So if you don't know, like, why is that guy in the background doing that? He'd have, like, a funny answer for it. Okay. Whenever okay. we would drive by a dilapidated old barn, and there are a lot of them in Ohio, as you know. <laughs> yeah he would go, oh, looks like the Inkies have gotten to work. And basically, one of the Pac-Man ghosts was named Inky. But he came up with this beautiful narrative that the Inkies are these little ghost-like floating guys that get into houses that are abandoned. And like they hate ceramics. They mm. love battery acid. They love old <laughs> rotting wood. They don't like That's stainless fun. steel. Okay, so okay. he's like using all his engineering know-how. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. also, like this was a guy who was captured in a Nazi prison camp 
And the story that he told me about it, because he didn't talk about the war very much, but the story he told me was that they would scoop the gravel weird so that after a long day of prison-ordered work in their enemy's camp, they'd watch the trains like swim down like because they, they fucked with the gravel. So they're like, well, maybe they'll get nauseous on their little train tracks that we built for them because we had to. Like, He went through so much and was still like so funny and so kind. And he honestly reminds me a lot of Marty. Like when we first got together, I said to my mom, I was like, he reminds me of Gramps, but it's like his essence more than anything of just like, I've been through some shit, but I know that it's more fun to have fun than to really like grind into the misery of it. So I guess I would have asked him if he liked Gonzo. (laughs) (laughs) question is segment is titled what's your coma oh wow is it hemophilia is it hematoma i got a quick question what's your coma there's a lot of i there's a lot of rhyming here and i, I, know. I gotta be honest i expected it not to just be a rhyme thing i expected it to be a little bit more like Deeper. harmonically complicated okay how about this one how about this one What's your coma? Yeah. yeah, that, that. And I got Marty involved. He's a great singer. He doesn't. He doesn't believe in his. He doesn't believe in his tonal qualities, but he'll get there. We'll be doing a variety That's the show. Thing. When I first met Marty, I was like. Uh, this guy's really confident, but I can tell he doesn't believe in his tonal. <laughs> doesn't he have a pleasant voice to listen to? <laughs> what is the question? What's, What's your, your coma? coma? The question being uh, a moment mm-hmm. does not have to be as grandiose. Or as a me, coma. Because I've been in a coma. coma. I also have been in a coma. Relax, dude. I, I got, think I'm the only one. Well, I got so. the last <laughs> rights. I got the last rights, too. On wow. the radio. Yeah, on the radio. And pronounced dead on the radio in, in uh, Sheriff. All his friends were weeping. How have you not told me this before? Uh, I think he I did. didn't want to steal your thunder. How yeah. long? So, Sarah goes, don't tell him. How long was your coma, though? Uh, one day. So that's, yeah. you know. Yeah. I was talking the other day Does about that Thanksgiving sure where you don't. arose from the dead and we were all texting each other again. Yeah. Gary Richardson gave out a million blue thumbs up. You know, hey, so what's so funny is I was like, we were friends on Facebook mm-hmm. and I think we had like seen each other at a couple shows and stuff. You and me? Yeah. Okay. So I knew who you were. Right. And then, but I'm. In LA, I think when this is all going, you are because we didn't know each other. And like your your photo was Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> is this a like an improv bit? I didn't understand what was going on. Right. Oh, I thought no. it was like a bit at first, yeah. and then somebody was like, Oh no, here's what's going on. I was like, Oh my god, I thought it was like I thought you were doing some like bit online and right. having every like telling everybody like, Hey, say I'm in a coma, and I'm like, Because he's just like, I and I I think like Facebook should have a button of like. Hey man, I'm his best it friend. It didn't have the disinformation. Yeah, like, news. No, hey, I'm yeah. Dave's. I'm Dave's. Like Facebook, you know, like uh, surrogate. Like he isn't a coma, so you're gonna have to have like the the, the serious Facebook but profile. Was, right. Yeah, but there was that going on in the DMs. Like I was in the all the Facebook. Yeah, and I, so like, I wasn't in all those. I was I just kind of you. like in my own world, and I was like, "What is what? Wait, what is going on?" Right. 
So yeah, it was. It was. I drew that picture of you and Drennan in Milford, I know, Connecticut. I still have that. You still have it? I saw that on my because Drennan desk. was like, "Could I have that if anything goes wrong?" And I was like, "Yeah, you can." <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah, he wanted it. So you know, maybe bequeath it to him at Marty's funeral. <laughs> yes, I'll I'll announce that it will happen as well. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. You might be wondering why you're at my funeral. Well, here's why. <laughs> so what is what? I'm sorry, I cut yeah, you off. Yeah, we're having too much fun I talking had to about get my, deep my bits in. So the question being. What is a moment of transformation, however big or small, where before you're one version of yourself and after you're another? Does not have to be fucking grandiose. It could be like I turned left down the street and I saw this thing and this happened. Uh, it's a shifting of reality. It's like sure. you suddenly understand something you didn't maybe. Yeah, or, or, or shedding something or coming into yourself somehow or... It does, and it and it can be like a period of time. Yeah, yeah, I I think it would be when I when I moved back to Chicago from L.A. Little little suicidal, maybe a little bouncing around. But again, because my mom and sister had died, I was like, I can't do that. Like they took my thunder because it would be just too much. Okay, you know. So I was like, I can't do that. Um, but I was very much like laser focused on like let's fix some of these things. And I never in my life mental health things, mental health things. And physical too. Never in my life had I ever like grabbed hold of my life like this. And I was like, we're going to physically get in shape. We're going to go to a therapy. We're going to get our brain right. Like we're going to do everything we need to do. Uh, which isn't true. Cause I still talk myself into like, I don't need medication, which if had I gotten on medication, it would have been, um, it would have been even, even possibly even more effective. Who knows? But I'm happy with how everything turned out. But that was a time when I was like, it was like 20, I don't know, 15, 16. And I was like, I can't, I, I'm, I'm so sick of making the same mistakes that like, you know, I could tell I was burning out people in my life, but even now I'm getting burnt out by these mistakes that I keep making. Right. Let's stop this and let's figure out some stuff. I grew as a person. I grew as a, a comedian and I just set certain, um, I made certain new habits in my life that to this day I still follow. And I made, so many positive changes that like it, it like even surprised me. Like I was like, Oh shit, I'm actually doing all this different stuff. And it was like, like what, what crucial in my life? Follow? Um, I, I started walking, which is like something I, I love and it's so good for my brain. Yeah. Uh, I started eating healthier. I started cooking for myself. I started, um, making my bed every day. I started, uh, really using therapy, to its full potential and not like, well, I don't need to tell her about that. Mm-hmm. You know, that might make me look a little bad. And just like, and um, at the time I stopped drinking at a certain point and there was just so many things that, and, and, and focusing on my comedy and really putting my all into it instead of just kind of like, eh, we'll see how it goes. I'll just kind of like wing it. Right. And um, I answered a lot of whole, I, I, I took care of holes. I thought I had in my game as far as comedy goes. And like it's what? like, People were like, "Oh yeah, you're you're like funny, and you can riff and stuff, but you don't really have a, a lot of like super great jokes or something." So yeah, I was like, yeah. "I got to write great jokes and I and write long bits and short bits mm-hmm. and just you know." And it was like all those things. And in that time, I feel like I knocked out so many of the things that I wanted to accomplish. And I thought that you had been like that for much. Yeah, longer she thought than that was were. like me. Like she came over. I was so impressed with him because he's like you know cooking these like veggie bowls right. and he's I like, had the dry erase board dry erase up board, and I had everything mapped out. I was like. I was like, I got to up my game. Because you remember my old apartment, that big giant place above the L&L. Yeah. 
it had like it was just tell them about when we were moving out she thought i was gonna leave her multiple times because i would like what's in this cabinet you've always told me not to go oh no when i'd open it there was was one cabinet that was like full of like death and i don't know what it was but it was like these little shreds of bugs bugs had like gone Uh, in there and died yeah or the cat closet No, you know what i think it was too there was bread that got forgotten up there and everybody came to eat it and then they all died and i'd never like oh it was very and i felt disgusting i like that that the bugs though are called everybody 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 died in there everybody (laughs) but i just remember like okay but i wanted to be better because of him is not a full of dead cats no 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 No, uh they're excrement oh i mean it was just like but then also like you know when you live with a roommate there's like closet stuff that you don't want to clean or touch because it looks like manuscripts that have fallen into the cat pee like there's a lot going on there that meeting marty he really made me want to level up the way that he felt like he wanted to level up when he came right, back, you right, know, like, right. but I thought you were just like that. Mm-hmm. I thought when you were nine years old, you had dry erase no. boards. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, no. you came off so good to me when I met yeah. you because you'd been putting work in. Like, why would I think that you hadn't been doing that forever? Sure. But why, what got you to that point? Uh, I had just reached my breaking point where it's like, usually in my life, if like, you know, if dating wasn't going great, comedy was going great. Or if comedy wasn't going great, I'd meet someone new. And in my brain, it would be like, this is the greatest new thing of all time. And I would focus on that. Uh, and this was at a time where both were just in the toilet. I had doubts about myself. I had doubts about ever performing again. Um, like part of me just wanted to move to like a small town and just get a job and just not you talk to anybody. Small town in mind? Uh, I had done comedy in Madison and I was like, what if I just stayed here yeah. and just like moved a little bit of ways, but like, you know, and I was Mine's like, Louisville. Yeah. Yeah. Mine yeah. was Madison yeah. of just kind of like, maybe I'll find something like on the outskirts or whatever. Brevert, Michigan was mine and I was going to marry a pastor and just help run the church. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I could see that so vividly. I had a whole fantasy where we went to church. We hadn't been going to church for a while, but there was this like kind of pleasant pastor, and I just was sitting in there being like, and you know, I was in the shock tees at the time, and I was like, it was the whole like the heat of the upstairs gallery time, and I was like, what if I just never went back? Yeah. And then everybody finds out four years later that I'm just running a small ministry in Upper Michigan oh, and yeah. doing the worship team. And I wasn't particularly like, religious at that time yeah, yeah, yeah. like i don't even know what i would call it now is like i'm researching everything for these books right but at that time i just remember being like maybe this is a sign that i'm not super happy in my current circumstances mm-hmm. that i'm kind of like i can throw it all away yeah for the lake <laughs> that's so cool yeah i was like a truck and a dog that's that's all i know right, kind of right, right, right. oh like a like a bigger good boy golden retriever maybe i'd like, like i'd like boy. you the golden retriever yeah, yeah a good boy you know so okay so it just, that, I mean, that's the way it works for me too, where I'm just like, I'm sick of this. Yeah. I'm, I, and I, and I, and I don't know yeah. how I get like, there exactly. You know how, when you read, I mean, I, I don't know if I assume everybody's read or watched all the videos I've watched, but yeah. like whether you're reading a, a self-help book or, you know, YouTube video and they talk about like your life becoming unmanageable or hitting like that rock bottom yeah. where it was like, for me, I was like, this is it. Like i I'm a grown man and I want to run away from my life. I'm like, come on, man, we got to figure this stuff out. I didn't want to hurt people anymore in relationships by like breaking up with them being like, honestly, with this brain of mine, I really thought I was in love with you or I really thought this was going in this direction. But unfortunately, it's not like, and I can't yeah, force is it. Is that the stuff you were doing before? Was it just that was one of them? I would flaky. I was no, no. Well, I would flake, but my my one of my 
sort of like, you know, MOs was I would just fall for someone so hard because I was trying to fill something in, in my life that wasn't there because, you know, I had depression. I had lost my mom and sister, at, at, you know, within a year of each other. You'd been in a coma for one day. I was in a coma for 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, Long nap. Is yeah. Being yeah. 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 That's a coma nap. I took a coma nap. A devil's nap. Yeah, I took a devil's no, but coma being nap. Being announced on the radio—that's yeah, crazy. And, Marty Derosa, you know. And uh, <laughs> and and um, and it was just you know, it was just that would be a thing where I would meet somebody and I'd be like, finally, this is it. I've met the person who you know, and that was the thing with Sarah, where I was like, uh, before we had met, I was like, hey, this is what I want to work on, and my therapist was like, that's no problem. And then, like, I met Sarah, and it was like, be a friend to her. You know, mm-hmm, don't make mm-hmm. it sexual. Don't yeah. turn into it what you always turn into it. And right. I was dating someone else, and I'm very morally upright, so it was easy yeah. for us to just be friends and, I was and not like, talk about be it. Well, you're, I mean, but I was secretly falling in love with him. I lead yeah. the worship team. <laughs> so I was like, you know, be this. A lot of it I was using as, like, a test, like, you know, can you be friends with the woman? And, right. and I, I was able to. We were, you know, and it was like. Nobody could ever say like, you know, did you two have any shenanigans before you got together? We hundred percent no. Like, no, we did and not. you know what we did was our text messages would get a little too fun, and I'd go, "This is material for the show." Yeah, because it would yeah, be like yeah, in yeah. character, kind of like about okay. kind of saying what they would say, but the it would be like, yeah, yeah, we would do like a certain yeah. emoji on either side we, of the text like, to I indicate would... which character it was. But we yeah. were just like having so much. We got fun. like uh, like work wife, work girlfriendy, yeah, yeah, a little yeah. bit <laughs> like there, but not. But, but it was I never physical. I never wanted him to be part of like. If I was going to break up with the guy I was dating and then start dating him, that could not be his problem. I couldn't go to him for advice on that. I needed to be strong and brave and like... It was good for us. It was good for us but to live like that. what was the thing you would do in these relationships? So far, falling in love with someone and thinking they're the one... Oh, no, no. We would... We would like we, I had a couple times where I moved in with people and then... Or... or so just bad boundaries and codependence. Yeah. And impulse control, intimacy. really. Impulse control, okay. intimacy. Yeah. And just like laying it on real thick because... I 100% believe that. Like, yeah. I never laid it on thick thinking like, ha-ha, then when she's in, I know I'm oh, out of no, here. no, no, no. No, like, yeah. I remember, like, moving in with somebody and, like, the first night just laying in bed being like, oh, no, <laughs> you know? And, and um, and uh, you know, I was, I was um, you know, very chaotic at the time. And, you know, unfortunately, some of the people I dated were also very chaotic. So, you know, I was like, you can't be um, – uh, careless with with anybody, especially people who aren't in a really position where they can, you know, where they deserve or need to be. You know what I mean? I mean, no one deserves to be handled carelessly, but for someone, they would go, "Whatever, dude, you're a weirdo." Which I've had. I've had right. people just go, "Dude, like," and I would come back and, "Oh, I'm done. I figured it all out." Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. And I've had some people who were like, "Perfect, let's just, you know, do this again." Right. And then I've had had some people who were like, "Nah, dude, I ain't falling for this again." And yeah. I was like. You're very smart, you know? And, um, but it just, I learned to be able to trust my instincts because I I look back at some of those and I'm just like, I cannot believe that this is the same brain I have right now who thought certain things in the past were like totally acceptable. And I look back now and I'm like, oh, why didn't anybody say anything? And I have friends who'd be like, but Dude, we did, look, and you were yeah. so confident, and you so so confident. Yeah, and yeah. it was just like you you told me, "Hey, here's why this is going to work," and I said, "All right, I can't, <laughs> I can't talk you Loved out of it." Loved ones intervening, dude. It yeah. fucking barely ever works. Yeah, 
Yeah. Best of intentions. My thing I always tell myself is like, you can give them a clue. You can't solve the case for them. Like give them a little evidence, but also like, don't get too invested because you just want to be chill with them. You want them to know that the door's open Mm -hmm. instead of being like, don't like her, not going to talk to you while you date her. It's like, well, then you're not going to have a friend for a little while. And are they really going to want to come back later in pain from a breakup? Like I told you so. Nobody wants that. Yeah. So what's yours, Sarah? So my coma would be Rudy's coma, I think, because it was a situation where, so Marty and Rudy had been best friends since they were 10 years old. And it was one of those things where I just couldn't get in with him. Like he just didn't have time. Like we met a couple Mm. times and um, we like sat together at this wedding because Marty was in the wedding party. And I like immediately was like Sarah Shockey coming on so strong of like, yeah. and we're going to be friends. And, yeah, da, 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 da. and yeah. he's like, just not interested and like going through a bunch of stuff himself at the time. And I was just kind of like bummed that I couldn't make an impact with his best friend. Cause they talk on the phone all the time. And she's like, an expert because she moved around so much as a kid. She's an expert at becoming friends with people instantly. Like yeah. we could go to a party and I could go, Hey, I'm going to go talk to these people. You go mingle. I could come back to her. A half hour later, and she'd be like, this is Dave. He's my new best friend. He's coming over on Wednesday. We're going to talk about He's poetry. He's going through this and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And it's like, just like, wait, whoa, whoa, what? And, and like, it's just, that's just how she is. But I just so, couldn't with him. Yeah. And it was, you know, like a lot of things going on. And, and some of it is like being protective about Marty, which is such a good quality. Mm-hmm. Right. But because again was, he had seen a lot of people come and go yeah, yeah yeah and so like why would you get you know connected and and so when it was time when rudy was in the hospital i my first thing because marty was the one who really helped make sure that people took him to the hospital and that he stayed there because he didn't want to go mm. alcoholic he was like out in the front lawn and it was like this thing where marty made the decision that extended his life ultimately yeah and I saw this happening and my instinct was like, you need to go down there and be with your friend. And then he went down for a couple of days and then it was like, oh, this is kind of a messy situation. This is going to be a lot of hospital time. His family's like struggling with this. Like Marty needs to be present here and I need to be present for Marty. So I did not go down there for Rudy. I was actually kind of like nervous to see him because we had had such an awkward like time at that wedding and I didn't know how much he remembered and I felt like I could have done some stuff better I also felt like he was kind of rude and I was like yeah 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 but I'm here for Marty you know like and and that was putting myself aside step one was this isn't my story this isn't anything about me I am here to support my partner yeah and then the moment I got in there I was just overwhelmed with compassion and also I'm good in a hospital I have like little like I would say like psychic tendencies of like, I noticed on day one that the nurses kept like roughly putting a blanket over his feet and then pulling it back. And he had a snaggy toenail and I was like, Hey, can we get some toenail clippers in here? And the nurse goes, we don't touch the feet. And I was like, what if the feet? So Sarah, Sarah had me go to the CVS and and get her like a a little pedicure kit for him. Yeah. Like we had a little talk where you were like, well, I kind of want to make the most of my time here. And I was like, if you do not go get this pedicure kit, I will go get it. Even though I don't feel like driving, even though I don't want to do it. Yeah. It was one of those like, okay, I got to go do this. I got to go get this. And then I was just sort of like left alone with him. And it was like, but it was like this thing right. where the compassion for another person's suffering showed me that it doesn't matter like what was in the past. It doesn't matter what's going on now. Like I care about people. I don't want people to feel lonely. I don't want people to suffer. 
And then it was like, we just started to get along. And I was starting, I was asking him all these like questions, like, what's your self-talk like? Like, how are you doing? And he was just kind of like answering me. And then I find out later that that's not how he talked to people very much. But because it was so close to the end of his life and because I could be useful and because he could see then that I genuinely cared and wasn't just some dipshit girlfriend of Marty's, like it allowed me to see what could happen when you put yourself aside for somebody else. And then of course it led to us, you know, basically wanting to like take him in or like help him get whatever he needed. Like it was just the most important thing in the world to me that he was no longer lonely and that I was also empowering Marty to do everything that he could for the guy. And when we got engaged, I remember saying like, I feel like my heart, like the Grinch grew three sizes. Like I feel that I became a better person and my little anxieties and complaints that would stop me from helping people gradually started to dissipate where now I find a lot of motivation in like, if I can do something for somebody without caring what the outcome is, I want to do it because I saw directly something so big and so important and got so close to death finally that I was like, yeah, this is what I want to do. And I want to write these books. I want them to help teens and people and just like, I want to provide comfort. It's important to me. And I didn't know that until we spent all that time with Rudy. Really? You didn't have like, I did, but it felt like nobody was at the controls. Like I felt like I was this kindly robot that would just go around being nice. But like, I would date people who weren't super nice to me, but it was kind of masked by like me just being like, this is fine. This is fine. Like I was bending over backward for people and I had good intentions, but I didn't see the outcome of like, I didn't see what was important. And all of a sudden to me, the important highlight became, I don't want people to be as lonely as Rudy got to the point where he was like in a yard ready to die. And then his friends showed up and showed him how much he mattered to them. Like I want to get, to people before then. And like, there's no limit of people. Like I'll give my number to anybody. Like, I don't care. I don't want people to feel alone. Mm -hmm. How long was that period? Three weeks. About three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Where he was in the hospital. Yeah. And how long, how much of it was he conscious for? (sighs) In total, maybe like two and a half. Six days he was out, I think. Six days, not six. Yeah. Five or six days unconscious. And he would sleep a lot. Yeah. When he was up, he was yeah. like, he yeah. was, he'd had a stroke, but like he was book-ended. really like. Bookended from being knocked out. He's you very know? clever still. And then of course there's this moment where the two of them were like bantering and I like tossed something in and got a laugh and was like, oh my God, of course we all like each other. Mm-hmm. Like we all have the same quick little like ability to like, even in this like dark scenario, we're making each other laugh. And I felt very good to be included. That was like a big moment for me too, cool. to feel like I got to. Yeah, have what I wanted at that wedding, which was just a little bit of camaraderie yeah. with you guys. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't pure selflessness. It was also at that point, belonging. At that point, he hadn't been in the coma yet. I really did want to belong. And I remember there was a day where I felt like the nurses were mean girling me. And then I was like, don't make this about you. No. Like, they're we realized having their it was own one issue. Root, one was a little, there was a little power play going on between the two nurses and Sarah thought she had gotten involved. I like, was just so She thought sensitive. they were being mean to her then she was like, oh, the, the one is nice and one is a little, and I was doesn't like, have time for the other What does it matter if one? these nurses that I don't know are being mean to me? At that yeah. time, I was still kind of like, it's me, Sarah Shockey, but I would say like, when we got engaged, there was this undertone that I felt that was like, this is like a family. This isn't just like, woo, 
let's go to Vegas and get married. Yeah. Like it's yeah. happening because and of it the was, circumstances. It was, you know, like like with you in the hospital. It's like you come out of the coma. It's, oh, he's doing better. Then you're in the different war. They they take you out of the ICU. Right. We're going to try and to get eaten. That was all happening. And then it all went back and we were back mm-hmm. up in the ICU. He had a heart attack. And, and it, it all went. Like, and they were like, had him on ice that, and they were thawing him. Ugh. But even those times when he was like, on ice, we'd always be holding his hand. One of the nurses yeah. was like, it's so important that you remind him that he's human, that you touch him. And I literally, this was like day one, I almost went, I actually don't know this guy very well, so I don't know if I'm going to do that. And then I was like, thank yeah. God I didn't yeah. say that. That would have been so embarrassing. <laughs> but it was a real thought that I had. And then I saw his little brother would like stroke his hair and he really responded to it. Mm-hmm. So I kind of was like, well, maybe that's something I can do. Like it started really small. We're and always it started playing really old selfish. music that he loved, you know, all yeah. the music he loved and stuff. And I'd, I'd make sure I had like sports on if I wasn't there and everything. Asking him questions. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. And he was just like, oh my God, so funny. Like so much personality. If I was doing too much small talk, like fill the, fill the air small talk, yeah. he would just look at me and give me the wrap it up signal. Yeah, like yeah, so yeah. deadpan. Yeah. And then I'd be laughing like, so hard and everyone's like you know like what's going on in that room and it was like we did make it fun for the staff like we were a fun room yeah i'm sure you were a fun room i don't know i was pretty i had some pretty like dark moments of waking Mm -hmm. up and asking doctors like existential questions and they were like uh your kidneys are fine do you want to hear (laughs) so this is such a wild story so he's in the uh icu not in the icu when that doctor came in, who's like, he was, "Hello," he was moving from the ICU to the like IBCU or I, yeah. IBC and you yeah, in IBC a slightly better position. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, this doctor, I thought this was just like a family member of somebody's or whatever. He was like a Columbo villain. And he was very interesting dude, looking. Like, well, no, he Columboed us. We, yeah. So if you ever, have, do you watch Columbo much? Are you I mean, familiar? I know the main. We thing love it so is much. One so more thing. Right? One of the yeah. things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but also, so every crime scene, Columbo kind of just stumbles in and. Most of the people are like, who the fuck is this guy? And then he's like, oh, I'm Detective Columbo, Lieutenant Columbo. And they're like, oh, of, of course, Lieutenant. You know? He's a little schlubby. So this know, guy is like- walking around. And part of me, uh, the protector side of me, is ready to be like, I don't know who the fuck this weird guy is, but can you get him the fuck out of here? Like, it's not time to have, like, guests that are from another room. I and one was, of the nurses was kind of being like, who is that who is, guy? One of the nurses didn't know who he was. So I'm thinking, who the fuck is this guy? So he leaves. And then I'm like. What the fuck was no, that? No, he comes in and he goes... No, he goes, came back. He came, he, no, no, no. The first time he comes in and he goes, I'm just here to see the nurses. Yeah. And then the one nurse is like, I don't know who that guy so, is. And then one nurse was like, hi. So, yeah. And then he left. So, we were like, cool. And then they're wheeling room then, to the next room. Then we're in the next room. We're on, we're on the floor that's like a little better, a little less scary than the first one. Less beeps. And then this guy walks in and I'm ready to be like... Who the fuck are you? What like what, dude? This is there's no time for the your nurses shenanigans aren't here anymore, man. And, and it's the a guy, new different nurse in yeah. the room. And then the guy just goes, "Hello, I am Rudy's brain doctor." And I'm like, "We just started laughing." What the like, fuck? Why it could are you not have been more comical. Us? And and him talking to Rudy was very funny. And it was. Just... I had one of my best bits because he was like, "Is everything good with these two? And he was basically like, "Marty, yes, get her out." And I just did a like. I'm going to fucking leave face. And I left and then I peeped around the corner and all three of you yeah. were kind of like, we didn't really, not this time. <laughs> Finally, we made her mad. And then I, it was, a, I got a big laugh when I returned. Nice. But yeah. that guy was just like this comical comic relief character who just got dropped into this story. And but we he was were really just, good at what he did. Like when they were talking yeah. about brain stuff that he was, they were like bantering together. And I was like, yeah, this is bananas. It was like, so wild. I also had a neurologist. I don't know. If- <laughs> 
guy. He was know. an Israeli. <laughs> not real. He was not Israeli. Have I you think seen he was, this man? I think he was Russian or some sort no. of Eastern European. Our guy was Israeli, I believe. Yes. And he was like, my wife's going to make me a hookah tonight. Do you guys like hookahs? You know? And it was just like. <laughs> I don't know And what he I asked like, Rudy, sir. like, heavy. He goes like, do you. Do you love life? Do you love living? And he goes, I wouldn't say I love That's it. That's not the correct story. What but did it's he a say? What did he say? He said, I always get this story. Are wrong. you a religious man? Do you do you believe in God? And he goes, Yeah. He goes, might not be what you think. But the story that Marty's referring to was when Who asked him if he loved living? Because I was okay, this is gonna give you a little insight into me. I was wanting to be a sailboat person because in my books I wanted sailboats okay. and I got to a part where I wanted to write about sailing and was like oh fuck blank slate I don't yeah, know anything yeah, and I could yeah. watch videos but like so I found this guy on Facebook who's now one of my friends his name's Adam and he the first day that I visited Rudy in the hospital Marty got me home in time to get to Belmont Harbor at 5 p.m. or 6 maybe I think 5 and I went out on my first sail and I like he was basically like, I don't care if you don't have any experience. I'm a good captain. I'll teach you how to raise the sails. I'll wow. teach you how to do stuff. It was me, him and one other guy. And it was like amazing. So the next day we're at the hospital and I've got like a book about sailing and I'm like thrusting it in Rudy's <laughs> face and being like, I sail now. And then I got to raise the sails and I stood at the front of the boat. And Marty, like Rudy would do this thing where he would just give the other person a look if he wasn't having it. And Marty just goes, I'm sorry, she loves life. And Rudy just goes, I wouldn't say that. And then we all started laughing. It was like those little like deathy moments where you just, you can't get laughs like that at a Second City show, even if you're smiling. <laughs> but okay, the the thing that I want to understand is more about this autopilot niceness yes. versus I wasn't the- very discerning. It was okay. interesting. I felt like the whole but situation. But it sounds like also you're going deeper on niceness now. Yes. Like, like it's where it's a... like I'm investing in my friends. Like I think I used to keep a lot of people sort of like, well, I can't know them too well because they're in this industry and they won't have time for it. Like I just found ways to like have walls up because I was concerned about myself and what it would do to me if there were too many people in my life with too many demands because – I would fold myself in half for like family members, friends, coworkers, but not everybody. So it was like not everybody, not everyone, not <laughs> even a bit. That's from Love on the Spectrum, uh, Australia. Oh wait, wait, oh dude, That's our Michael. favorite guy is Michael. We love, we love Michael. Michael, from Australia. Michael has his own podcast. Did you know? Stop. We gotta listen no. to his last one. Oh my he god, he interviewed a zoologist, and they just talked about animals. I cannot wait. I can't wait. We love Michael. It's called Mister A Plus. Mister A Plus. Yes, that's right, Mister A Plus. When um, I die, they will say to my wife, Michael's greatest job was being your husband. I love him. He loved He's his eternal. job. No, one of the things that I noticed with Sarah was she used to like take things so personally and just kind of in her head be like, I'd this, relive them. This I didn't is do why anything they wrong. did this. And I'm just like, maybe that's not the whole answer. Or so, you did sort say of that once. telling her like everybody's dealing with their own stuff. Right. And we and, tell each other that. But yeah. I think one time you specifically. You said, 
when you talk about these specific people, it doesn't sound like you. Yeah. You're giving she and was forgiving air- she, to everybody. She would be airing her grievances over and over about this certain situation. Same situation. And I was like, that's just not you. When you go into that, like, it's just not you. It that's not so like hard. fundamentally who you are as a person. And it was like, oh my gosh, that's Marty telling me that. Like, this is, I care about his opinion the Meaning most. Meaning the way you were acting around these people? No, no, no. no, no, no. I would be the very way- nice in person, but then I'd be like, but I did this for them and got this, and I did this she for them and got this. She wasn't getting back I don't from them, which why we're not friends like I have done it was the same with Rudy where I was like I've done everything right and I don't understand why we're not friends and I think it was like scooting myself over out of necessity during the hospital Mm -hmm. time to be like I know that Marty's gone through so much worse than this and this is also very difficult and that I am the person here sort of the least affected by this because here's Rudy's dying right I need to be the mountain. And if the mountain is always crying and causing avalanches, mm. the villagers are going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. And so I started to see myself as like, it was more, I needed to be more responsible about where I was spending my time and if I'm taking things personally. And then also like allowing myself to get closer to my friends who maybe are like struggling with things and not be afraid to get my hands dirty with their problems. If I really felt that that was the right thing to do instead of like, well, I should do this because yeah. that like it became less. But calculating also it sounds less- like not giving yourself away too much to people who aren't going to give it back. To exactly. You. So I think discernment, I think one thing that we have helped each other with is she has taught me to like see the good in, in everybody and to like, you know, you never know what somebody's struggling with or going through. Yeah. And, and I was like, that's very true. And it's something that I'm able to do. And it's and, annoying. And well, yeah, but then <laughs> sometimes like, I told Sarah, is everyone going one, through, sometimes I can write off this. Guy yeah. <laughs> but one thing I told Sarah is just like, you know, and I, I, I wouldn't want to be like, oh, she's real positive and I'm real negative. Right, and right, and right. we've taught each other to like chill out on both ends. That's not what it is. But I think one thing I've been able to do for her, and obviously you can tell this better than me, is like to tell her, like, look, sometimes, and I know this is going to be hard for you to hear, sometimes people just want to be a little negative for a little bit, and you got to let them have that space. Because right. I try to put that shield up all the time to be like, but what about trees? And what about butterflies? And what about <laughs> sailboats and living yeah. life? But I think that moment where Marty goes, sorry, she loves being alive, and Rudy was like, <laughs> I wouldn't say that. It was such a real moment to me wait, where wait, wait. I was so like... So you're saying... That's what I I was trying to understand that too. He was saying that he wouldn't say that you love that life. he loves being he, alive. They, the, like okay, I wouldn't. Okay. Say the question I was kind of posed. Yeah, 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 like, okay. what do you think, Rudy? And he was like, "Well, I wouldn't say I love life." Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah, it was yeah. like that was this moment for me where I was like, some people want to love life and they can't. Some people don't want to love life even though they could. Ugh, like, God, that's real. So yeah, and it made me realize this kind of thing of like. Well, if people don't want to take the kite strings and have fun flying the kite, I don't need to keep offering them the same kite every day. There are people in my life that would love to fly a kite with me, and I want to find those people. Like, and I want to. I can them. also be with some of these people if I want to, mm-hmm. and not fly. A kite. And I don't have to make it my life's project to make sure my unhappy friends become as happy as they can because of my involvement. Like for what? Yeah, and I had to kind of tell her was with with certain friends where it was just like she came at them with that you know, patented Sarah Joy Shockey positivity mm-hmm. and they didn't react to that well. And she'd be like, I don't understand. And I would be like, listen, I'm doing everything right. Yeah, Why aren't they like, smiling back? I gave like, them, I gave them the full, pain, the full court pride. And I'm like, 
sometimes they just have to get it out. And it's yeah. like, and to hear it from Marty is yeah. so helpful because it's that thing of like, I know he's not going to bullshit me even if other people are saying, well, that's not why, or I'm just busy lately. Right, yeah, It's right. like, no, I, I can know now when yeah. I've been laying it on too thick and, and be a little more compassionate to like, people just want to be heard sometimes. They don't need a freaking sermon at the up north Michigan tiny church that I lived in in 2012. If I took that Remember life. how she's good? That was her ex, her <laughs> that life. Was that was another that was one of her life paths. Oh, right, right, right. I was yeah. like, I was thinking Michigan Avenue. Yeah, no, no, no. And upper, I and I think I, I think too like one of the one of the the harder things like when we've had to go I feel like in our in our short obviously everybody like who's just been dating the last couple of years through covid and everything you had to go through a lot but we've had we've had some deaths and some things and other things happen and stuff. And like one of the things that we had to both um come to terms with or are still coming to terms with is like somebody in in one of our lives just kind of like was at a moment of like, this could be a real moment of change for you. And they just kind of crapped the bed multiple uh, times. Multiple Whereas, times. Like, we would spend That's time being so like, and you relatable. could do this yeah. and you could do this. And yeah. we both are just like, wow. Like, other, like you just I have think to be okay we've, with it. We've both said separate times to each other. Like they just didn't live up. They just didn't step up. And it's when like I such a say, bummer. Like, and I'm working on a comic about this. Like the idea of try to act like a protagonist are you doing things that people reading about your life would root for you? Or are you cutting corners in a weird like way or like getting the big moment where you could take a stand and do something and then just like completely crumbling without a moment of redemption or even just like being shitty to someone for no reason. Like I always try to keep in mind, like if I want to write good protagonists, like I got to act like one a little bit and it's Mm. harder and it takes more responsibility. But like, I don't have any regrets about how we handled that hospital time. Yeah. But had I said, well, I don't really know that guy. I'm not going to hold his hand. I would have felt like a shitty little shitster, you know? And it's nice to know too, like whether it was the Rudy situation where I think, yeah, we can look at it and go like we did, we did just about everything we could do uh, with this other friend or family of one of us. We did everything we could do for them and they just decide. And it's like, it would it just at first because I had gone through this with this person before Sarah had never and this was kind of like you know my optimism I was like this I know time and I'm like be a little everything. guarded although I think they might make a change and then it's yeah. like just imagine watching a movie of like like Bruce Willis and Die Hard and then just halfway through he's like you know what I can get out this event Hello, and just get out of here <laughs> yeah, yeah like no I'm just yeah <laughs> I'm just gonna this is gonna yeah. be a bill yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna take this service elevator and just get out of here and go to <laughs> yeah. go to In and Out and get call it a night. Like, yeah, it's just it's, it's just, less exciting and it's a bummer. It's but such also, a bummer. It's normal. It's normal for people yeah. to backslide like that. And it's like, in a way, the nicest thing you can do for other people is to just kind of like focus mostly on your own stuff. And then if you're doing good, you have the strength to lend to other people when it really actually goes somewhere as opposed mm-hmm. to being like, well, I gave you all the tools and, and then then you really did something that made me mad. It's like, oh no, now we're creating more problems when it's really just like the problem is someone else's concern, but we do need to accept it in a in a nice way. Yeah. Well, because you can't be the protagonist in your own life and be like the author of their life as well. Like sure. that's Here, such a let good me point. Make you, yeah. yeah. And it was so like And I've done I've been very yeah. guilty of that. I liked for a long time to date people who really needed me, who I knew exactly where they were at all times. Like I liked 
being needed because it meant that I didn't have to focus on the stuff that I needed to focus on to be happy for me. It was like, well, I'm somebody else's. Sarah would watch those parents on uh, Love on the Spectrum go, oh, that's the good job right there. Yeah. (laughs) So this is what you guys have in common. It's like reformed codependence. I think that's that's actually a a pretty great way to put it. Very kind people who have like meant well, but been hasty in, you know, like Mm -hmm. I think we've both been that kind of like, because I would get into a relationship and just stay. You would get into a relationship and actually Go. leave. Yeah. yeah. And I get a lot of I get a lot of questions from my friends now who and this is like a fun new thing where they're like, "Hey, you're in a stable relationship. Right. Can you answer some questions about that?" Yeah. And it's like cuz somebody asked me the other day, I can't remember who it was, but they were like, "How'd you know like she was cool and you didn't have to like not tell her stuff?" <laughs> right, you know right. what I mean? And I was just like there were times where I was like, I've like, had my moments of uncoolness. Yeah, well, the only, I mean, the only real thing was like, you'd get a little bummed when like out of nowhere, I'd be like, oh shit, this comedy club had someone drop out and I'm going to go out of town this mm. weekend. And you get a little, oh, I thought we were going to yeah. hang out. But well, never like. it was like, the changing of plans where yeah. it was like, I had this whole weekend planned where we were just going to, because I would see it when I was not working from home. I would see it as my weekends are my time yeah. to really spend. And it's like. You live with the guy. You can make every moment fun mm-hmm. and count. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be the weekends. But I had to loosen that up in myself of like, I really love having you around, mm-hmm. but I'm self-sufficient. Like I've proven to myself that like when he's gone, I'm just as happy. And then when he's here, it's like a bonus of happiness. Yeah. But it was interesting where people would be like, how did the, how does that work? How'd you like stop doing all the old things? And it would be a combination of knowing she was cool and because with the therapy, it was like there were people like I remember it was like I was being tested, like the, the people I know who who would have been like a red flag or like, oh, I shouldn't I shouldn't talk to this person. This this is trouble. And like when I was able to like be like, thank you, but no, I'm going to have to yeah, like yeah, yeah. say no. And I'm 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 OK. Thank you. And that's when I was like, ooh, that and like these little victories started like building me up. Or it was like a video game. Like, you know, you would like rent a video game back in the day. Like, this first level is impossible. Then you beat it. And then you're like, okay. I, and then I can just run through it real quick to get to that next level. That's how I felt. And it was like throughout our process, there would be these, or throughout our dating, like especially early on, there'd our be courtship. The, our courtship. There'd be like in the past where it'd be like, Oh, do I tell her I don't want to do this or I have to do this other thing? You know? And yeah. it's like, and she would be like so cool, and it would and be. You like, always were. When I, was I would need like, to come to you. Are you sure? I'm, yeah. Are you sure? Like, you I'm, were I, waiting for the hammer to drop. Yeah, a few yeah, times Because yeah. I think he had been with people who'd be like, "Yeah, cool, absolutely." Oh yeah, and I'm a free later, spirit. And then as soon as you start dating, they're like, "I am not a free spirit." We, <laughs> why do we have to go out every night? And I'm like, yeah. "You met me out every. You met me at like four in the you morning on a Tuesday. Show, yeah. yeah, like yeah, why do you do comedy all the time? Together, I remember you were we like had our Uber across the street at Clark and Belmont and you took my arm and we were running across the street and you went, I hope it's okay that sometimes I just party. That is the show. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to the Patreon supporters. If you've got the money for a coffee or meal for me a week, Five or fifteen dollars would be greatly appreciated. You can click on those links in the show. You can find Marty and Sarah's podcast in the. And when I say in the show, I meant the show notes. You can find Marty and Sarah's podcast there too. You can also find Sarah streaming on Twitch in the show notes. That's all I've got. 
Thank you so much for listening. And until next week, remember, you are a mist. You are human. Only human. And human beings, they do.